0: Hi, hey everyone. It's Nicole, and I'm excited to share this next episode with you all. The following episode was recorded in March 2022 with one of Southern Steep's past co-hosts and guests, Justine Ingram. We speak with Mulan Montrese-Williams. Mulan recently spoke during NASDAQ's Our Story, Our Resilience Plenary at NASDAQ Southern CBO Summit. She's also featured in a video Centering Resiliency, which you can find in this episode's show notes. Also, be sure to check out the episode on the Southern CBO Summit coming soon. All right, I'm going to stop talking now, and let's bring on the episode.
1: Welcome to Southern Steep, the public health and social justice podcast brought to you by NASDAQ, a nonprofit, nonpartisan association mission to end the intersecting epidemics of HIV, viral hepatitis, and related conditions. Much like Brewing Stronger Tea, this platform aims to brew a stronger community by centering community leaders' voices and their innovative work in the Southern United States. All right, welcome back to Southern Steep. This is Justine, and I'm here with the lovely Nicole. Say hey, Nicole.
0: Hey, Justine. It's good to see you today.
1: I know, it's been a minute. Like, we... Film together on the last season. So I'm super excited. I love filming with you. Um, you
0: know, it's a good time. It's been a minute and a half and uh, really happy to be uh, here, reunited together and about to have a really great conversation.
1: Absolutely.
0: So let's talk about who we're about to have this conversation with. Um, I'm really excited to introduce Mulan Montrese Williams and i'm about to share her bio because it's all about giving flowers when flowers is due and sometimes it feels a little interesting hearing your bio read but you know she has a lot of incredible things going on so Mulan Montrese Williams identifies as a powerful black trans woman She is over trans services for Miracle of Love, as well as the director of Divas and Dialogue, which is a trans organization that offers a support group as well as life skills courses for trans women of color. Before joining the staff at the multicultural aid service organization, Miracle of Love, Mulan volunteered for the group by providing outreach on the streets and in clubs. As a former sex worker, she understands what her community needs. She provides HIV testing, linkage to care, Hormone therapy, mental health prep, and now housing. Along with that, she opens her home as a safe haven to trans sex workers, offering them condoms, bottled water, clothes, and emotional support. Welcome, Mulan.
2: Welcome, Hi, Mulan. How are you? <laughs> Good. Good.
0: We're so happy. Is this so? Is this your first podcast?
2: Oh um, no, not my first podcast. I think it's like my second or third. But my first with you guys. So I'm excited about that. Absolutely. We're, we're excited to have
0: you. And, you know, Justine, we have someone with a little experience on our hands.
1: Yes. Maybe Milan will like, be showing us, like, little tips and tricks. You know, so.
0: You know, like, and for those that don't see Milan, she has an amazing red, like, like burgundy lip on. Mm-hmm. She's, she's got a lot to, to share. Um yeah. Milana
1: Milan, Milan always gives looks though for all of our always. listeners like fashion icon so always
0: <laughs> absolutely. Um, Milan, is there anything from that bio that like any additional things that wasn't on that bio that you'd like our listeners to know?
2: Um, I think that pretty much summed it up. We're always doing something um, for life skills. we have the safe haven, um the new housing program. so yeah, that's everything.
0: Tell us a little bit more about Divas and Dialogue. How did you come up with the name? Like, tell tell us a little bit about how you got to that journey.
2: Um, well, um, to be honest, it was, um, <laughs> I can't say what I wanted to call it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we have Bros and Convo. Um So, you know, I was just joking around and I was like, well, I'm going to start one called um, Rhymes with bros in combo for the women. Uh,
1: and they were like,
2: girl, calm down, mistine. <laughs> <laughs> so then I just um was looking up words um that could go with um combo because I really took this after um, you know, I love Daniel's group, Daniel Downer's group so much. And I wanted something like that for the trans women. So then I just came up with Eagles and Dialogue. Um, but it was a funny story getting there. <laughs>
0: I love how like some of these program names take such a, a long journey. Uh, you know, and the brainstorm process is always a lot of fun. Um,
2: yeah.
0: and, uh, for those that are not familiar with Frozen and Convo, uh, Daniel was on Southern Steep back in season one and definitely encourage our listeners to look back um, and learn more about uh, his incredible organization and the work they're doing. Um, but back to Divas and Dialogue, um, you know, you mentioned wanting to have a, sim- a space for trans women in dialogue, um, but can you tell us a little bit more about your why? Um, you know, what brought you to this work?
2: Um, so many things, but the main reason is because I wanted to do something um, like, you know, my past is sex work. Um, I have a background record that will make your eyes pop out. You know, I've been arrested so many times and everything, and I've been, Rape, I've been through, getting beat, robbed, all of that thing. And I wanted to do something that wasn't available to me when I was younger. You know, and then we're going into a world where we're being more accepted now. So, you know, this was the great time to like, you know, let's teach life skills. I want to do something so the younger generation of trans women don't have to go through what I went through. You know, because we learn from each other. You know, there's no manual. Um, when I came out, you know, I learned from the older girls. So, you know, this gives me a chance, like, almost to make up for the bad stuff I taught in the past and to give them a better light of the future and try to break the stigma of, you know, our generational curse of sex work. That, like, that's the only thing that we can do. I do support sex work, though. <laughs> uh-huh. I do, too.
1: Safe sex work, I
0: do. Yeah, as well. safe sex work. Yes. Um, and empowerment, too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not coercive. Yes. Um, Thank you for sharing some of your experience and background, um, but, you know, also just the generational traumas that have taken place and, you know, having information and access to be able to help, you know, the up and coming, you know, girls and women, you know, coming through. Um, You know, you've mentioned life skills a couple of times. That could mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Can you share a little bit more, like, what do you mean by life skills?
2: Um, Life skills from everything from, we start off with the um, ST. E.I. class, we're teaching everything about sexual health, um, STDs, different ones and everything, um, How where to go to get treatment, how to talk to your doctor. Uh, we do resumes, um, skill building. You know, we teach them how to do resumes. We teach them credit literacy. Um, and especially in a Black community, that's not the main thing that your parents really Well, And for my generation, they didn't talk to us about. You know what I'm saying? Um, some of the girls didn't have even have checking accounts. You know, we do name change. We do um, body positivity, ways to love yourself more, to accept yourself more. Um, yeah, we do. Yeah,
1: awesome. <laughs> that's do that. great. That's great. That's great. So, those of who are out here who are listening, take a, a, a lesson from Milan's book and. Introduce some life skills. That's very much needed, specifically within the transgender community. Yeah, and it's been a great success. Um,
2: this past um, group, we had nine girls um, graduate. Um, I think like five or six of those girls were sex workers, and yeah. now three of them have jobs. You oh, know, wow. and that just like it warms my heart to see that it's really working. You know, you know, and I just feel like sometimes in the trans community, we just need someone to care make us even want to do a difference which is sad but it's true in some
1: cases you know I always say that when I get the opportunities to like speak in front of people or do panels I always say how important it is for us to invest in our own in our own communities and the best thing that happened to me was that somebody was like hey you come here Like, what do you all? Like, let me invest in you. Like, let me help you out. And now I have the opportunity that I probably wouldn't imagine 10 years ago or even five and six years ago that I would be in the position I'm in. So definitely keep that up, Milan. Thank you. And you
2: saying that, it just brings back to how I even got in this position. Um, My my, um, boss, Angus Bradshaw, uh, we were friends previous to me working here. And, you know, he just invited me out to lunch one day with Angelica Sanchez and, um, he was like, Hey, if you had a job doing this, what would you, what are some of the things you would do to get the people to come in? You know, and I'm looking at him like, you're trying to give me a job. Are you serious? You know? And that's how it just started. It's nothing I planned on it. Like it just happened. And I just feel so blessed because, you know, if that wouldn't have happened, I still would have been doing the same things I was doing then, you know, it wouldn't have been a change. So
0: you know, a lot of our listeners on the podcast probably know that I'm from Orlando, uh, just like Mulan, And uh, I had the, honestly, the privilege to see Mulan at the beginning of this, you know, testing and counselor journey. She, you know, came um, to the health department to take her testing and counselor class. And it's just been so amazing to see from the sidelines, like how much you've grown within the community, uh, within your role, and you really are such a role model for the community uh, and providing incredible life-saving work. Um, You're really making a huge difference, like legit. It's so cool to see how uh, much you've empowered others. And then the other thing too, Milan's gotten like people jobs, you know, like on top of Divas and Dialogue graduates, you know, she's getting other people jobs, to expand the work.
2: Yeah. Um, That's one thing that I, when that, when I got that opportunity, I just, I was floored, you know, here I am still every day waking up. Like, I can't believe I'm going to my job still to this day. It's still like, it's not new anymore because I'm three years in, but it's just like, really? And now I'm going to have employees. I'm able to hire other black trans women. Like, that does something. That 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 really did something to me. It made me want to get more serious and just take it, you know, more seriously and really appreciate what I have here.
1: Absolutely, thank you, Milan. So, just kind of switching gears, um, we know um, as someone who identifies as a black trans woman myself and experience a lot of loss. We know that anti-transgender violence is still a major, major issue that is happening within our communities, particularly in the South. So my question to you is what can we do or what tactics or what, what initiatives or what can we do to keep our community members safe? we first need to support more trans organizations
2: in different places, you know, so they, they can have um, a safe place for trans women so that they can let, like, for us, for instance, we work with the um, Transgender Safety Project with Barbie West and OG King. Um, and we had them come in and do a self-defense class. Um, you know, before that, um, Daniel Dino from Bros and Combo, um, he supplied us with stun guns. And and it was so funny with those stun guns because I would be doing outreach different nights and I'd just hear them going off and stuff like that from the girls out there. But I can say we also had classes, you know, on ways that me and my girls back in the day did a little um, things to keep ourselves safe. For instance, like when we used to, before we got in cars, we used to walk behind it, take a picture of the license plate on the download and hurry up and send it to our girlfriend so they know the car, last car we got in, you know, and just having a buddy system when you are out here, even if someone's not out here with you, have one of your good friends, you know, let them know that you're out here, let them know what's going on, be able to text them your every move, you know, things like that. And I can say we've had, um, one of the murders here was my best friend, um, Mahogany, Ashley Sinclair. And um, boy, I tell you, that hit home. That, that hit home hard, you know. Um, and me being who I am in the community before I even got this job, you know, my house was already the safe haven. So when this happened, I was the first to know. I was the first to give their name. You know, as soon as they came to me, it's like, I, hey, Stop asking me questions, is my friend okay? Because y'all do this every time something happens to a trans woman, they come knocking on my door. It's like the police come here first, it seems like. And um, it's hard, especially when it's your friend. <laughs> you know, not just someone you know, your friend. Someone I was just with the day before. Um, yeah, that shit hurt.
1: Damn. It does.
2: I didn't think um, gonna talk about that.
1: Yeah. And and I think, you know, I feel for you, Milan, because I just think that it, it's it's hard to talk about, but it's really, really important that we about. have those conversations. Um, and like a lot for me was, you know, my friends, you know, my friend group, you know, being tragically murdered and stuff. And so it's so, so important for us to continue to talk about them, continue to talk about our sisters and continue to bring awareness to know, like, you can't just you know, disregard us or, you know, throw us to the wayside and think that, you know, we don't have loved ones or that somebody's not going to miss us. So it's hard, but the work you do and continuing to talk about it will make it a lot easier for those who are coming behind us or those who are affected by it as well.
2: Right. And I also want to say to the trans community, if someone gets killed in your community, you have to stand up and come together. Um, or nothing will get done. They'll sleep it under the rug. We know this. Um, when this happened to Ashley, our community came together. We put our foot on their necks and we were not letting up. We were not letting up. I mean, not one day went by. We weren't calling. You know, we first had to start with the news stations. You know, you're misgendering my friend. Get it right. You know, get it right. You know, and then it's just with the police. Hey, did you hear anything? Every day, all day, and let them know that this person is loved. You know, because sometimes the family's not going to do it. So stand up for your sisters. Stand up for your sisters and every day until it is solved. Um, her case was solved, and the guy got 30 years. Um, so we were very grateful for that, you know. But if it happens in your community, stay on the cops. Stay on them
1: on them and be and be that voice you know for your loved one after you know their death as well because it's an extra layer to deal with their family and all of that so this is a little message um make sure as just as anybody make sure that you you have your stuff in order and together um for after death because trans women a lot of times you know we may not have you know, we may have estranged relationships with our families and stuff. So just ensuring that you know you have wills, you have stuff written down so we can make sure that we honor you and you know keep uplifting your name and respecting you even when you're not here. Yes. We've also um teamed up with QLat and X with Gabrielle to do
2: that with our girls.
1: Absolutely. That's wonderful.
0: You know, and from my understanding, uh there are other programs that'll help with you know, there's like the five wishes that, um, some, I think Vitas hospice has. So that way, you know, Because we know that legal representation can be expensive. Having a a will be drafted by a quote unquote professional can be really, you know, not available for a lot of folks. But, you know, those five wishes is something that is binding. There's other ways that folks can do um, do
1: wills and things. Great information. So um, switching to. the HIV epidemic, in the HIV epidemic, specifically in the South. You um, know, Biden administration has put out their plan. Um, so how can we end the HIV uh, epidemic, specifically within the trans community?
2: Education, 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 education. Um, I really stand strong behind this because I believe it's going to happen by 2030 yes. um, because we have the tools to end HIV right in front of us. You know, we have PrEP, we have PEP, you know, we have you equals you. And what I found out when I got in here, I've learned so much about HIV. You know, I've learned so much about HIV in this field and it's like, We can kill this, we can end it. We can just straight out end it if we just educate everybody and everybody does what they need to do. If you are HIV positive, stay on your medication, get to an undetectable stage so that you can no longer transmit. That's one way, if you are HIV negative, get on PrEP. You
1: know, let's let's just, let's use the tools that we have so that it really works. Absolutely. and and it's also important for us to go outside of our quote unquote priority populations and making sure that we are bringing that education to our cisgender and heterosexual community yes. members as well. It doesn't just stop with us as LGBT or queer folks or folks that are working in the field. We have a duty to make sure that we are spreading that information and that education to all folks across the country.
2: Right. And especially in the black black communities. I had a station over at a Walgreens in a black area here and doing testing, you know, being trans and being six foot four, you know, they they were coming to me, you know. So I took that opportunity to make sure they were educated and everyone that I tested, they didn't, they knew nothing about prep. They knew nothing about prep. They mouths are just dropping with the information that they're not getting, you know, and the way I broke it down is for they, you know, they can really understand it, you know. And it's crazy how many people still don't know, but we definitely need to get the word out to everyone.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I can remember back, um, and I love story time alone, so feel free, but I can remember back, I was working at the health department in Atlanta and there was like something going on in the park. And I was trying to go out and like educate the community on prep and the responses that I got, like, I almost was like hyperventilating when I got back into the building because I was like, what is going on? So yes, make sure you educate um, all folks about this. Right, exactly.
0: Well, and also the more people that know, the less stigma, right? Because mm-hmm. then for PrEP, for instance, there, you know, PrEP's been almost 10 years old now. May 2012 is when PrEP first was FDA approved. And yet there's still so much misinformation about it. And a lot of times people don't think that it's for them. And so there's so much awareness that needs to be raised for providers, for everyone that PrEP is for anyone that wants to be on it, period. Like the end.
2: Uh, Right. So it's crazy because I've been out 10 years. I only heard about it three years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, so it definitely needs to be, yeah, a big PCA or something needs to be done. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So if you are looking to expand your PrEP knowledge and education, Contact Milan. <laughs> she will help you.
0: I'm going to ask some questions now. We're we're just shifting gears left and right. We are on a windy journey. So this is more about your pageant career. You have been a pageant performer, a beauty queen. You have won titles and accolades. Can you share to our listeners what is pageantry and how can pageantry be an opportunity to educate about
2: HIV? Okay, so I did pageants back in the day um, heavier than I do now. I'm just now getting back into it. But the biggest, um, just like the um, cisgender pageants, Miss Florida, Miss USA, it's just like that, but for the trans women. And it gives you a chance to um, just be seen on a broader aspect. It gives you a chance to meet um, trans women that you never met, because they're coming from everywhere to compete, um, and it just—I I, for me, I just love being on stage. It's just something that being on stage—it was um, when I first came out. It was my—it was my dream, you know. And recently, I was just thinking with all the deaths going on, you know, you have people dying left and right now. You know, COVID is like really taking over and everything, and so I was just like, girl you're working. What else are you going to do? You know, what are your dreams? And then I just went back to when I first came out and I was like, I'm going to go for it again, you know, and it's been a great ride so far. I have another competition coming up July 12th here in Orlando, Florida, Miss Glamorous Plush. Um, so if you're in Orlando, please get your tickets and come support. It is going to be a great, great pageant. Um, the winner gets $5,000 so it's really, it's going to be intense and I'm trying to kick some butt. <laughs> absolutely. You go,
0: you got this. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And, um, what's so good about if you win the pageant, which you win it, you get a whole new audience, you know, and I plan to use that audience for my organization and, you know, to, to teach, you know, be glamorous and all that, but still teach, you know? So yeah, a lot comes with it.
1: And for those of you who don't know, Florida has the best pageant girls. Like Florida, you know, Florida, the gyms come, the dolls come from Florida. So <laughs> so that that brings us
0: to a good point. So there's been so much attention right now about ballroom and voguing. And so like, can you tell us what's the difference for folks that don't know? What is pageantry versus ballroom versus drag and Florida is definitely amazing pageant talent, hands down.
2: Yeah, so it's a difference. Like with um, with the pageant, you have to um, you have to sign up for, you have to show up to registration. um, Versus a ball, you can just show up because you already know the um, the categories. So you have time to prepare for it. So you can just show up. You have different houses. Um, I'm currently in the house of Ebony. Um, I haven't walked yet, but I am in the house. Um, I just haven't got enough guts yet. Um, but it is very different, but it's also kind of the same. The The best way, the best thing I like about both is like it's family orientated. You know, you have the house of this and then just like with the um, patches, you have like the House of the Matrice Williams, you have the House of the Bonets and everything. So it, it all boils down to it's it's different, but kind of the same, but it's hand in hand.
0: You know, chosen family is so important. And we've seen how these houses have really been such a support network um, for folks. You know, in Pose, they do a really great job in showing how the house is really helping as that emotional support. Place And we know that that's so important for, you know, HIV, preventing HIV, just having that type of support Um, for folks that might not have a relationship with the pageant, you know, folks in pageants or relationships with the ballroom community, but want to get involved, you know, what would you share with them?
2: Um, just get out, meet people, you know, once you meet someone, you mesh with them, they're probably already in a family. That's how you could be introduced to that family. You know, I will just say, take your time doing it. Um, because I've seen in the past, somebody will come out for the first time and make this person their mother and not even know the person. I say, just take your time and get to know people, um, and know get to know different families first to see which one really fits, um, which one nurtures you. And which one is just a good fit for you?
0: Thanks, Milan.
2: That can
0: um, be one other question. So, with the community engagement opportunities, you were sharing how that you can have a whole other platform and a wider reach of folks. Um, but, what are some other ways, you know, for education, what are some other opportunities that you could see for like HIV community engagement? Within like the pageantry community,
2: um, live via Zooms. Um, I can say one thing um, from just looking at pageants in the past: usually, um, nine times out of ten, that is their platform to educate people. You know, HIV/AIDS is is very big in the gay community, so I can say when um, they get when these pageants get representatives, they really try to educate. And I think that is amazing um, because you're teaching people that never even been to a community center or anything like that. So that's, yeah, it's very educational.
0: Meeting people where they're
2: at. Exactly. That's number one, meeting them where they're at and making them feel comfortable and not judged.
1: So Milan, switching gears again, I want to ask you some more personal questions that are really geared towards the South. So you ready? So my first question to you is, what do you, Milan, love about the South? Um, It feels like family here.
2: Um, The girls, we come together. um, I see a big difference as far as organizations here. We are all working together for the same cause, you know, and we're all doing different things that way we can all work together. Versus in some places I see a lot of girls doing the same thing and really not collaborating a lot. So I love that about a South that it's like, it's family oriented. It's just, yeah,
1: it feels like family here. Right, right. Um, Also, what do you want to see for the South in the future? So your wildest dreams, thinking about it, what do you want to see for the South in the future? I would love to have
2: services like they have in New York here in Florida. Um, When I traveled to New York um, to visit the Brooklyn Project, um, Gives and Dialogue was honored there. The the things that they are doing up there is just, it's amazing. It's mind blowing, you know, and it's like, They're helping with surgeries. They're helping with housing. They're helping with just everyday living. And it's just so amazing. And I just wish I wish that was here. And I'm going to say it is going to be here soon. It's going to happen. It's got to happen. And
1: and speaking of housing, Congratulations. I know that you have been a safe haven, and I know that you officially um, placed uh, one of your uh, sisters or community members back into their apartment back in October. Um, So for those who are interested in implementing housing programs for people living with HIV and marginalized communities, um, really using that models that areas such as New York has, Um, What can we do here in the South to get that done?
2: Um, Well, actually, my housing program is for trans women who are HIV negative. Um, And that is because we know that we have HOPL. And that is for people living with HIV. And that means man, woman, trans woman. that's for them. If they're living with HIV, they have a housing program. Um, And I started my program with money I had from the All Black Lives Fund, Um, And it started because, uh, it started for a couple of reasons. The first reason was, um, right before I housed my first girl, someone came to me and they asked for help with housing. And, you know, I had to ask them personal questions to see if they um, could get Hopper, and they weren't. And then they asked me, oh, so I have to have go get HIV in order to have a safe place to stay. And that kind of messed with me, you know, it stayed with me. And then when our first girl, she kind of, that we house kind of said the same thing. And I was just like, okay, I'm tired of doing all these Zoom meetings. I'm tired of doing, I'm um, answering all these questions to other organizations and and funders, you know, about what we need. And we keep telling them housing, housing for all and nothing is happening So so I just did it. I was like, I went to my boss and asked him, hey, we got this X amount of dollars and I'm going to do what I can after this money is gone to fundraise. You know, can we please do this? Because it's needed. It's prevention, you know, and that's how the housing program started. And, you know, sometimes you just have to do it. You, you You can't just keep talking about the same thing on these zooms and waiting for someone to help. Sometimes you have to show them what is needed. To get their support and I really hope that's what happens with my program because we definitely need some more money um but yeah I sometimes I just have to do it
0: housing is health care housing yeah. is prevention
2: it is it, it very much is and when someone comes to you and just like and, and are serious like oh so I have to go catch HIV just to get housing that hits different especially when you know they're kind of serious you know what I'm saying it's like is that what I have to do you know, and in, people in, have
0: done that.
2: Yeah, I've heard that in the past and I heard yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: For folks that want to start an so, uh, initiative similar to what you all have started and are working on doing. What advice would you share with them?
2: It's not easy. Um it is stressful. It gets hard um doors will close but you remember why you started it and that will keep you going and someone will see your vision um and remember that sometimes you have to show them um i started a lot doing a lot of things out of my own pocket um and to my boss caught wind of it and it was like don't do that anymore i'm here to support and my boss angus has been oh my god he's been amazing um So I say, you just got to do it. You know, even if you don't have a lot of support, just start doing something. Someone is going to see if you're doing it from your heart. Someone is going to see and you're going to get the support eventually.
1: Absolutely. Um, So, Milan, how can people get into touch with you and learn more information about your program? So where can we find Milan at? I
2: am on Facebook under Mulan Montrese Williams. You also could follow us on Facebook on Divas and Dialogue. Um, My number is everywhere for anyone is 321-278-0473. If you'd like to support us financially, you can go to the Miracle of Love site and go to the donate page, go down, hit a button and scroll down to Divas and Dialogue, Or you can cash up us at Divas in Dialogue. Um, Well, money sign, Divas in Dialogue. Yeah. Oh, you got it together, my yeah. <laughs> <Girl needs a laughs> lord. <of things. laughs> and speaking of pageantry, you know, that's what we're getting ready for now. Um, last year, an organization in Atlanta started a pageant for young trans activists. Um, so that was their first year. And our first year we went and my employee, Yanni Moore, she was she won. Um, so no, now, Yanni. yes, so it's time for her to give it up. And it's also time for, we're letting our young diva Rashida Fox run this year. So we're trying to get our coins up so we can travel there and hopefully win again.
1: Well, I was there at the pageant last year and Florida was definitely in the building in Atlanta. Like it was, y'all, and Malone was cheerleading on the side and like clapping and standing up. Like it was, it was a vibe.
2: It was a vibe. We're trying to do that this year again. So we need all the support we can get. Absolutely. Well, we will make sure we
1: put
0: your information, uh, you know, how to get in contact, how to make a donation when we promote this episode.
1: Thank you so much. Is there any closing words or remarks or well wishes that you want to send out to our listeners? I just want to thank you guys for having me,
2: um, giving me a bigger audience. I I really appreciate that. And thank you for doing that for the other folks as well. Um, And just to the community, never, I always say this, never let your past dictate your future and have a good day. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Milan. This has been amazing. Wow. Um, That was a really amazing conversation with Milan.
1: Absolutely. I just love Milan. Uh, uh, I love her personality, her energy, her spirit. Like you can feel it when you're in a room with her.
0: She is super passionate. And, you know, when she was saying how she's 6'4", you know, it's a six six four of beautiful passion and, you know, I don't. I'm five one and a half. Justine, and uh-huh. when Milan and I would hug, it was a really cute uh, difference.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. But when I tell you, the lady is beautiful and always is just such good fashions and spirit. And um, she was talking about that pageant. Um, that one of her employees won and just the level of support and rallying behind, you know, that young lady, all of the ladies that came from Divas and Dialogue was something so special and really just shows, you know, the essence of her character and how she's really into this work.
0: She really mind, body, spirit. And, you know, I was serious when I mentioned how it being able to see her and her journey of becoming a tester and, you know, beco- like becoming an employee to, um, at Miracle of Love and just like seeing all of that from the, the sidelines has just been so amazing to see her growth and how much she has made an even more incredible impact in the mm-hmm. community. Absolutely. Such a star. Um, we love you, Milan.
1: We love you, Milan. Absolutely. She's a role model. A star. So it's time for a segment we call Southern Charm. Here we highlight the work of someone or an organization that is charmingly impacting the South. For this episode's edition of the Southern Charm, we highlight Unspoken Tre- Treasure Society, which was founded in June 2018 by Ms. Regina Livingston. Unspoken Treasure Society is a 501c3 nonprofit with three chapters in Gainesville, Florida, Jacksonville, Florida, and Atlanta, Georgia. Through the implementation of trauma-informed care, harm reduction, and restorative justice approaches, Unspoken Treasure Society is dedicated to finding solutions to the needs of the TGNC community. The organization provides peer support, community outreach, educational informational literature, HIV-centered testing and counseling, and connections to various base resources. Unspoken Treasure Society's goal is to see all Americans have the same opportunities, including affordable and fair housing, upward economic mobility, safer sex education, and freedom from violence and harm. In addition to making sure that every transgender and gender non-conforming voice of color can be heard and equally understood. To contact and learn more about Unspoken Treasure Society, you can uh, visit their website at www.unspokensociety, which is one word, .org, and also on Facebook at Unspoken Treasure Society. So I actually had the pleasure of meeting Regina Livingston, who's over Unspoken Treasure Society, maybe two years ago in Atlanta when she was interested in doing a chapter Um, She actually, as a matter of fact, invited me to come down to Gainesville, Florida one time to do some um, community engagement with the community there. Um, So if you ever meet Regina Livingston, she is a joy and she is very, very passionate about this work. So one thing about unspoken treasure society, they have a very innovative approach to um, engaging with community. So they go all over the place everywhere you can see them. Um, And so I I really want to uplift her. She is a newer um, organization. She is formerly incarcerated, a trans woman of color, and she's very, very open about her journey into opening up a 501c3 and really providing assistance to the community, especially within Gainesville where there isn't a lot of visibility or organizations for TGCMB folks.
0: That's so cool that, you know, she opened up something in Gainesville because when you think about Gainesville, you don't think, a lot of folks might not think about services available that are going to be affirming for trans and gender non-conforming folks. So it's mm-hmm. just so amazing that she is creating that space, um, for that community.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And we need it. We need it, um, uh, especially within rural places, um, Within the South, that don't get a lot of traction or don't get a lot of attention. Um, me being someone from rural Georgia, um, community based organizations were slim to none anyway, but especially those that targeted um, and that was for the transgender and gender nonconforming community, that was so non existent. Um, and so that is very, very important the work that she's doing and making sure that we are continuing to uplift her.
0: You know, I have not heard about Unspoken Treasure Society until this Southern Charm, and I'm Mm -hmm. really looking forward to learning more about them. Um, So Uh, thanks for bringing them into this conversation.
1: Absolutely. Support Black trans folks and Black trans-led organizations.
0: Say that again. Support Black-led trans organizations.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, well Justine it's been awesome Getting to co-host with you again
1: Absolutely I always love it You're such a joy um, So I always love co-hosting with you
0: It's a good time uh, You're also a joy And definitely a ray of sunshine <laughs> um, thank Well thank you so much
1: I am Justine Ingram And I'm Nicole Elenoff And we are signing off Thank you for listening